coming now to the close of Acts chapter number 9. Saul of Tarsus is going to exit the stage for just a moment, and the apostle Peter is going to come back into focus. Now, friends, throughout the the, the gospel or throughout the, the acts of the apostles, these are really the two major players that we see Luke writing about. On the one hand, you have Peter. And remember that Peter is the the leader of the early church. He's the one who became the leader of the disciples after uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who stands and proclaims on Pentecost uh, the the, the, the mighty acts of the gospel and 3,000 are saved. And we see him and John in prison and we see them boldly proclaiming the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 9, we're introduced to this man, Saul of Tarsus, who is going to be known as the Apostle Paul. And so, so from Acts 9 forward, we kind of see uh, the Apostle Paul and what God does in his life. But throughout this narrative, we continue seeing the Apostle Peter interposed into the narrative. And Peter is a wonderful man of great faith who did great and mighty things for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so remember that, that, that here in Acts chapter number 9, we've just seen the conversion of Saul and God has done a great work in his life and he's now been sent down to Tarsus. And, and now Peter has is, 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 is got the mantle of the Holy Ghost upon him and he is walking in power. And he is preaching and teaching and proclaiming the good news and the gospel is advancing beyond the borders of Jerusalem and Judea. It is now reaching into Samaria and going out to the uttermost parts of the globe. And the Bible says here in verse 32 of Acts 9, as Peter was traveling from place to place, so, so Peter is a man on the move. He's going one place to another with the gospel message on his lips. It says he came down to the saints who lived in Lydda. And there he found a man named Aeneas who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. And immediately he got up. So all who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. So God allows Peter now to perform this mighty miracle, this mighty sign in order to authenticate the message of the gospel. And because of this, now many people turn to the Lord. And then the very next passage says in Joppa, There was a disciple, so this means there's already somebody there who's been saved, a disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. And she was always doing good works and acts of charity. And in those days, she became sick and she died. And after washing her, they placed her in a room upstairs. So Dorcas has died. And this was a good woman, a woman who had a good reputation. She's always doing good works. She's always doing acts of charity. The people in that town, the people in that neighborhood, the people in that church, they love her. She becomes sick and she dies. 
They place her in the room upstairs, which would have been the custom. And you can imagine the mourning that took place in the lives of those who knew her. The Bible says in verse 38, since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples heard that Peter was there and sent two men to him who begged him, don't delay in coming with us. So Peter got up and went with them. And when he arrived, they led him to the room upstairs. And all the widows approached him, weeping and showing him the robes and clothes that Dorcas had made while she was with them. And so when Peter arrives, he's coming to perform a, a, a pastoral ministry, coming to encourage a grieving community, coming to encourage a grieving people and to remind them truly of the hope found in the resurrection of Jesus. That, hey, because of the resurrection and because of her belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, the grave is not the end for her. There is hope beyond the grave is what Peter would probably be proclaiming. And he's proclaiming life beyond the grave. He's proclaiming the resurrection of the body. He's proclaiming the last days. He's saying all these things and he's saying, I know these things are true because I saw Jesus with my own eyes after he was resurrected. He told us he's the resurrection and the life. He told us he's the way, the truth, and the life. He told us he's going to prepare a place for us. And I'm standing here today as a witness that Jesus overcame came the grave. And so this is not the end for Dorcas. There is life beyond this place and she has gone on to be with Jesus. And so Peter has gone there to encourage them. They're weeping and they're showing Peter all these things that she did for them while she was alive. And the Bible says that Peter sent them all out of the room. Now, what's amazing is what Peter's about to do here. I don't know that when Peter made his way to Joppa, if his intention was to go up there and raise her from the dead, or if this is a prompting of the Holy Spirit once he got there. I kind of lean more toward that toward that side of things. I, I believe that when he got there and he saw the weeping and those things, that the Holy Spirit just churned deep inside of him and told him that he was going to do something greater through Dorcas that Peter could ever imagine. And so the Bible says that Peter sent them out of the room and he went and he knelt down and he prayed and turning to the body of Dorcas, he said to her, get up. And she opened her eyes and saw Peter and she sat up and he gave her his hand and helped her stand up. He called all the saints and widows and presented her alive. And this became known throughout Joppa and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed on many days in Joppa with Simon, a leather tanner. Isn't this an amazing story? How Peter goes there to bring encouragement to a community that is in grief. And before the day is done, the one who is dead has now come alive. Now somebody here today is going to ask, why is this in the narrative? Well, number one, it reminds us that Jesus has the power over death. He is the giver and he is the author of life. He is the judge of the living and the dead. And so he has power over the grave. And so when Peter says, get up. She gets up because Jesus had given the authority for her to get up from the grave. The second thing, however, this teaches us is the power of the gospel. Friends, as we think about the gospel message, the gospel message is calling people from spiritual death to spiritual life. And somebody being raised from the dead physically 
to walk again, to live again, if that can happen physically through the power and the proclamation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, how much greater is the resurrection of the Spirit when Jesus brings new life into an individual and they come from spiritual death and the spiritual life? Remember, it was Jesus who says in John chapter number three, whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, but whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. And so an individual must be born again in order to have eternal life. And if the gospel message, the name of Jesus can raise Dorcas from the dead, is it physically, is it not possible for the proclamation of the gospel to be spoken in a room and those who are dead spiritually to respond in saving faith and experience new life spiritually? Absolutely. This is an authenticating sign of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so today you might be in a situation where you have found yourself spiritually dead. You've never given your life to Christ and today you feel like there is absolutely no hope for you. You are bound in the shackles of sin. You are enslaved to sin. Let me say to you today, if the sun sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Friends, you can have new life this afternoon. He's calling your name to get up from the dead, to get up from the grave, and to experience new life with him that can only be found in the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so if he's calling you today, come to him and allow him to save you.